0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean, but what happens. That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers, to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox Fabric Sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your filtry air filters today at filtry.com. Let's clear the air. What's up everybody? This is Hall of Fame wide receiver Terrell Owens here. A-K-A-T-O. Get your popcorn ready. Do a favor. Leave my guy, Connor, a five-star rating after the show. Listen to it. uh, Give him some feedback. And also, if you want to listen to my podcast as well, uh, check it out. Subscribe, share. Uh, You know, you don't need to leave a five-star rating. You know, uh, we're five-star. I'm five-star all the time. Uh, My podcast is called Get Your Popcorn Ready with T.O. and Hatch. Uh, Again, check out both of those podcasts. And, hey. Check it out, listen, and subscribe.
2: All right, thanks for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However, you're listening iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. we greatly appreciate it. Johnny Page and myself here, Connor Miles, we're breaking down the rest of our top 20 players who we think is going to have the most impact on the Eagles' 2020 success. We did parts 1 to 10. Uh, so far, I mean, we're recording literally this episode of the day after. Uh, it's hard to get time to and of course johnny and i were like amped up for yesterday's episode we had to go ahead and get this the rest done right away but this is going to air not this upcoming monday the 6th but the july 13th so uh again same giveaway you guys tell us who you think has the better 11 to 20 list and tell us exactly why and we will pick the best reason and you will win a free eagles jersey because of it so Easy, easy giveaway. You just have to listen to us talk. Uh, if that's so hard to do, I don't know why you even played this podcast in the first place. So you could win an Eagles jersey out of it. I just need a thought out answer, one that him and I can actually debate about. Because I think we should do a recap episode of this, Johnny. I think after like we get all of the interactions and we, because maybe somebody out there listens to this episode and thinks, you know what, I'm going to make my top twenty list. I'm going to show those guys and I'm going to see what they think. I'm down for that. So again. We love interaction. This is what we're doing. This is why we love the giveaways at Eagles Brawl. Uh, Again, thanks for everybody's interaction. But, Johnny, I'm going to have you start off with your number 11 because I'm interested to hear. Because I don't think you're – I think mine will surprise you. Because it's not – I will just give a hint of what my 11 player is and I'll let you go. It's not a player that was on the team last year.
3: All right. Interesting. Uh, just in case for anyone who hasn't listened uh, as well to for some reason, if you haven't listened to 1 to 10, please go and listen to that first because it'll make more sense. Um, I'm not going to run through all of 1 to 10 now, but a brief bit of background if you haven't listened yet. For some reason, this is the first time. Um, me and Connor don't know each other's lists. That's the point of this. We're not ranking the top 20 players. We're ranking the 20 players. that couldn't have the biggest impact on the team this year. So the 20 most important players. And in our top 10, we will tweet out the full list when it's done. Actually, we need to tweet out our 1 to 10. Uh, as well but the only difference me and Connor had in terms of players was I had Dallas Goddard and he had um Rodney McLeod they were the only difference in terms of players but the order was a bit different uh we saved this one till the second episode because we think it's gonna be more interesting actually I think Connor, we've got the same first player uh seeing as you mentioned he's not here last time because my number 11 is Javon Hargrave so if you got the same person yes well, there you go. So we haven't seen each other's list. I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised we had it the same. So he was pretty near cracking the top ten for me. And for a player that has not was not here last year, I think it sums up. He's going to be in pretty important siding. Um, yeah. So Javen Hargrave, you can expand on it. It's a pretty easy one for me, really. I think, despite the addition of Darius Slay. Uh, especially with the linebacking core this team has got. Their defensive line is going to have to carry the team to an extent, I think especially actually in run defence. I think underrated is the fact that the Eagles linebackers uh, might be quite bad potentially in uh, run defence this year. So I think the defensive line is going to have to carry them a little bit. They're also losing Malcolm Jenkins, who's a very good safety in the box in terms of run fits. And he's a very, very consistent tackler. So I think with um, Malik Jackson last year, obviously barely playing with defensive line struggle a little bit. I think Cox got double teamed too often. I think he struggled a little bit, Cox, to have his best year. Um, I don't think the defensive ends are going to be unbelievably good this year. I mean, we really like Graham. We both had him higher. We both think Barnett's average. Um, so I think they're going to need some good production from Hargrave. So I think if the Eagles defensive line is going to be really, really good this year, I think Hargrave is going to have to play very well. And the good news is he's a very, very good player. However, you never know how a player is going to transition scheme fit wise, but I'm excited about Hargrave. I think he will have a big role this year. And I think he's going to need to have a big role uh, for this Eagles defensive line to be very, very good.
2: I'm not worried about the scheme fit at all. Cause he was, this is the natural defense for his skill set. He's in. an, a force on the interior as a pass rusher. He commands double teams, which is exactly what at, at the age that Fletcher Cox is at, after the workload you've given him, especially last year, I think last year his boss score doesn't speak to how much work he put in on the field last year. You need a player of Javon Hargrave's impact. And going back to college, the only reason why he was drafted so low was because of his size back. I mean, again, it was four years ago, but we, we, NFL teams do not believe that heavily in those size defensive tackles making an impact on the game. But Javon Hargrave's motor is incredible. Uh, you get him in a position where you lie him next to Fletcher Cox, which if you take Javon Hargrave and you put him on the Dallas Cowboys, you put him on the New York Giants, you put him, the I won't say the Washington Redskins, they actually have some good interior defensive players. But if you put him on any of those teams, he's their best defensive tackle going into the season. To put that next to Fletcher Cox is incredible. Uh, Look, Fletcher Cox is aging. You get into him at the point where you're putting way too much on his plate. You need a guy like Javon Hargrave to alleviate some of that pressure, to put Cox in the best position to be the player that I believe he is by having him number two on this list. The revolving door has to end here at Javon Hargrave. You put $39 million into him. I think Johnny hit it best. He's great against the run, great against the pass, but he – so his impact is is also on the run, but it's also in pass rush because Derek Barnett has better situations now if Javon Hargrave is playing to the extent that we believe he can. The offensive tackle is going to have to chip him to help the interior guard out. So there you have De- Derek Barnett, who's going to have great position on the offensive tackle when he struggles with bull rushing right off the bat as is. So that impacts Derek Barnett. It impacts Fletcher Cox to so bring out the best in him. I agree with you. This defensive line, because his defensive end position is so what in the up in the air and unproven, under behind Brandon Graham, they need the interior: him, Malik Jackson, Hassan Ridgeway, and Fletcher Cox to step up and be the best, the best pass rushing unit on that defensive line. I, I can't. I, like I said, Darius Slay is very high on my list for his role. Javon Hargrave was the best offseason season addition. Uh, you're getting him in his prime in a in a s- system that fits him incredibly well. He played in a system where he was the nose tackle where you would look at his size, anybody scouting it, watching him off the tape at the senior bowl would never envision him thriving as a nose tackle in a three, four base defense. And he did it exceedingly well. He gave them. so he, Honestly, but Bud Dupree, Devin Bush, uh, TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward, Stephon to over there, all great players, but they would, I guarantee you, you ask them how much the impact Javon Hargate brought to them. And they would rave about that guy's play. Uh, Moody Jackson's getting older, coming off the injury. I don't think this pandemic helps him out with anything with Rets either. You can't count on him as that much either. And, again, Hazan Ridgway also coming off injury. So if those guys were fully healthy, I think Javon Hargay would be lower on my list, but they're not. And you need that defensive tackle position. You need that guy to be a stalemate next to Cox. You can't keep throwing – like we said yesterday, you can't keep throwing out these Albert Rushes, these these Huggins, these guys that you you barely even know and expect Fletcher Cox to play at his top level anymore. You you exactly, why you went out in free agency, you missed out on Byron Jones and you turned around and you got Javon Hargrave, the top money you got, you got Darius Slade at the same time. I love these additions, but I love Javon Hargrave the most because of what you said. Helps in the run when their linebacking core is god-awful, not going to be good this year. They need the defensive line to stop the run as they're accustomed to. And number two, he puts Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox in way better positions than they were last year. So... Again, love the Javon Hargrave edition. his impact. You can't, honestly, I don't see a list where you can't have him in the least, in this list, in the least top 15 because of the impact he brings.
3: Yeah, I'd agree top 15. I think I think you can make an argument with even
2: slightly lower, I think, in anything. I think he could have cracked our top 10. Um, he could have cracked the top 10. Yeah. I mean, if you put him at 11, you clearly thought about him at 10. So, yes, yeah, he could argue yeah. with
3: it. Uh, last thing, because I'm pretty sure that's about as good of an explanation you'll ever get. So, uh, well done. That is a uh, there's some serious uh, analysis there. And the last thing I will mention, Dude, and you already mentioned, I just
2: I'm just so passionate about it that I can tell. Fletcher Cox, because you can argue Aaron Donald gets asked to do the most in his defense. I would say maybe, but I think you had I think the, earlier in the earlier years, uh, not this past season, but the years prior. The Rams had the edge rushers to compliment Donald commanding all the attention this last year. And I wouldn't want to say the year prior because Tim Jernigan was a solid starter before the injury, but this past year, and again, it's not like the Eagles didn't try. They didn't expect Willie Jackson to go down week one, but they're at, they're at the position where you cannot ask Fletcher Cox to do as much as you did last year. He, as great as he is, you can't expect a player aging in this Pacific system, which is pretty much the Chip Kelly offense of defensive line, to play at the level that you asked him to last year with guys that shouldn't be on the field next to him. So that's why I just think you can't, you, you just cannot underrate, underrate the Javon Hargrave edition because he makes Fletcher Cox, the elite player that he is, so much better. And that changes the entire outlook of the defense just from that role alone.
3: Yeah. Right, give me a number twelve before this turns into the Javon Hargrave podcast. <laughs> Nicole, Roby Coleman. Wow, you're all right. You're um, I, I, he's in my top twenty, but you're higher. You still haven't said Goddard. I'm interested to know where Goddard comes. He was in my top ten. Uh, I had the- I put Goddard
2: low because I, I mean, he made my thoughts twenty, like I said. But like you said, the replacement thing that that weighed heavily on my yeah. head. If Goddard goes yeah. down, Erickson Josh Perkins don't miss a beat for me. I think yeah. Josh Perkins is better than most people give him credit for. So I don't. That's why I, I had to take that in my head, but Goddard's on here. Don't worry.
3: Right. So you had Robbie Coleman. I ha- I did have the guy that you had in the top 10. So I've now had all of yours. I had Rodney McLeod and I said, I wasn't going to talk about Rodney McLeod much because I think to be honest, we covered him a lot in the last episode. So why don't you? Oh, dude,
2: he He owes me a sponsorship.
3: Yeah, you went on about McLeod for a while. So although I was sort of playing the opposite role, I still have him 12. So I'm nowhere near as low as him as maybe on the podcast sometimes. That's the thing, isn't it? Whenever you have two different opinions, uh, I take the negative opinion, yet I have him 12. So I'm still pretty high on McLeod this year, but maybe just not as high as you. But seeing as we seeing as we discussed McLeod for loads already, uh, make your case for Robbie Coleman being that high.
2: All I want to say is when I win this contest, you and me riding McLeod IPAs. <laughs> But I don't think – I mean, look, I like to go back and watch what made teams successful, and I do that with the Eagles because obviously that's our favorite team. That 2017 team, I always want to look at that defense and just be like, why did that defense with the guys that they had on it hit their stride? Because honestly, nobody thought much of Chris Long when they signed him. He was a reserve defensive end. uh, did well with the Patriots, but his numbers weren't crazy. And then he was kind of like towards the end of the career with the Rams, where he wasn't producing that much. So nobody thought that was a crazy signing at the time, because the impact that he brought was immenseful after, obviously. But at the time, it wasn't like, "Whoa, all right, they got Chris Long." Like that's not that doesn't put them in Super Bowl contending team. Uh, that defense had Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby starting the outside. They they didn't have. Huge James rushing the passer because I don't think Brandon Graham was as he was thought of well, but not as much as he was now. Uh, since then, what made that team so successful was how dominant they were in the nickel. That slot, Patrick Robinson played, he was in 2017, he was the best slot corner in the NFL. Like, definitely. That's not an understatement. He was the best slot corner in the NFL. It changed the whole dynamic of what the Eagles could do on defense. It changed the whole dynamic. Because the NFL, like we've alluded to in other episodes, some teams are putting their best wide receiver in the slot. Some teams are putting even any have a specific slot wide receiver that's so elusive that most slot corners can't even handle him. So th- Patrick Robinson played such at a high level that I think that his impact propelled that defense and made it I think he had the third highest impact on that defense that year, in my opinion. Butcher Cox, probably number one. Number two, probably Jenkins. Probably Jenkins. I don't know if you would say anybody else, maybe Graham, but number three, I would say Patrick Robinson. Yeah, maybe
3: Jenkins and Graham, and then Robinson, in my
2: opinion. So that, well, anyways, then he's your third or fourth, no matter what. So that's a huge thing to say right there, right off the bat. Nicole Robbie Coleman, I think, is a better nickel corner than Patrick Robinson. And to have him this high, you might think, like, dude, he's a free – I mean, they just got him. They didn't really commit to him that well. They had, they've they had all these nickel corners on their team anyways. Maddox might be the best suited there. They have LeBlanc, who's played well when he comes on the field. Nicole Ruby Coleman already knows Jim Schwartz's defense. So he – when Jim Schwartz likes a guy, we already know how high he is on him. Nicole Ruby Coleman won that, that slot corner job as soon as he put his pen to paper and signed that contract. He's in a, a great talent at nickel corner. And with the unclear picture at cornerback two – Roby Coleman's down to play, and it's slight plays to the expectations that we gave on the previous episode on our rankings. The Eagles actually have a formidable pass defense for once, and it changes the dynamic of what they can do with the pass rush. So that's why I think the Cole Robbins-Coleman's impact, you have to put him in the top 20 on this list.
3: Yeah, I think I'm not going to change my list because I've made my list, <laughs> but I think... You, you can
2: put him anywhere, honestly. Yeah, you put I him think you've convinced Anywhere me. As long as he makes the top 20. Top 20. He has to make the top 20. So I won't tell you where he is now because I won't spoil it. But when I,
3: what I'll say is I, if I was probably starting this from scratch, I reckon I'd bump him up two or three. I reckon you've convinced me. Um, I'll tell you where he is in a bit when we get to him. Um, yeah, I think you've made a really, really good point there. The other thing I'd mention, I should be honest, I pretty much everything you've said in my description, I barely think of anything else. I mean, the only thing I would mention is there is a chance, and I'm quite optimistic because I like Maddox, but there is a chance, and we mentioned this yesterday a lot, that the Eagles' cornerback two gets destroyed this year. If Maddox isn't good, I don't think Sidney Jones or um, is particularly good. I don't think Razor Douglas is any good at all. If that does happen, especially if Maddox goes down and they're sort of big-time struggling, you're going to have to lock Slay down. You're going to have to lock Roby Coleman down. You're going to have to give a lot of help to that second cornerback. So you don't want to have to sort of be providing safety help to Roby Coleman. So I think that's another reason why. Um he's an important player because if you've got a good cornerback one and you've got a good nickel corner you can easily cover your second corner position it's not as valuable um it's not as important so I think he has a really really big role to play but yeah nothing else to add on everything you said to be honest because I just, I just want to agree. add to
2: that because I listened to episode one just to make sure all the audio is good and everything by the way I love this new Yeti X mic from Blue that I got. I, I, I think my audio sounds a little bit better. Uh, I know I'm giving you the old mic, the, Ye- the Yeti original, but it's still a yeah. good mic. Don't worry. I'll it's still a good headlights. mic. But headphones. yeah, because it's we funny because I don't think anybody really knows this. Uh, I, I told a few people, but you you haven't used a microphone since we've done this podcast and your audio is yeah. still great. Thanks for this podcast. But you, Johnny's always used just headphones. Yeah. Literally, standard headphones. Literally, he's always used just headphones. It's the funniest thing. Cause, I mean, I hear you just fine and everybody else does, but I'm finally getting Johnny a microphone. We're sending it out to him, so his audio will even be a little bit better. But I just want to say one thing to end this, be- and then we'll go on to number 13, because you said your number 12 was McLeod already, and we don't need to touch on that. But I personally, I, I, I go, when I make my opinions on here, I usually go with what I think the Eagles will do. Me personally, I want Sidney Jones to be cornerback too. I think he's the. I think he's a better corner than Maddox. I think he has all the potential in the world. He just is inconsistent and injury prone. Now, I don't think that's what Jim Schwartz wants. I think he loves Maddox and wants Maddox to start. That's why I always think my guts telling me Maddox would start. But Sidney Jones has the most potential to be the second best outside corner on this team. I I tend to to lean away from what where you're going with that because you can – I don't think you can put any Ruby Coleman anywhere else than the nickel spot. I don't think you can be him up on the outside unless it's – unless he's playing the slot wide receiver that the team moved out the outside. Uh, it's just me. I don't know. I, I don't – some. I mean, obviously there's going to be some snaps where Ruby Coleman's either playing the tight end or the X wide receiver or something like that. You know what I mean. But I don't think you can regularly put him on the outside and then hope like Maddox plays better at the slot or LeBlanc has to come in and play the slot. I don't yeah. think it's gonna would work that easily. I think Sidney Jones gives you your better gives you a better chance there, especially going into the next season when you have Darius Slay and Nicole Rudy Coleman. Sidney Jones is probably gonna pay the third best wide receiver, line up against the third team's third best wide receiver. So he's having the best situation he's ever had in his career. Probably at the healthiest he's ever been at in his career. Yeah, so I think that's fair. Uh, and for his
3: worth as well, I don't have Maddox or Jones on this list because I'm not confident. Neither do I. Uh,
2: no, I don't drive. have them. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's continue this list. It's not the cornerback two debate. This, this, <laughs> let's continue the list. So I have number thirteen. Uh, this might surprise you a little bit because I hated putting him this high, but uh, given the defensive end position this year, you you need so many guys to step up. And I have Derek Barnett here at number thirteen. Uh, as I previously mentioned, he's in line for a breakout year. Uh, He's playing for a new contract as well. So I think that factors in.
0: At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans use their homes for better living, whether that be through refinancing your mortgage, accessing cash through your home's equity, or helping you purchase a new home, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333, licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing, equal housing opportunity.
2: Do it. Healthy. Uh, He looks like he's so lean now. I think he lost a good, decent amount of weight. Uh, I'm hoping that he added all that strength to handle bull rushes because you and I keep killing him for it. I mean- I even got offered money to stop talking about Derek Barnett on this podcast. And yet he's making my top 20. So uh, especially at number 13, he's making my top 15. So, but with Hargay added, Barnett has way more opportunities to win on outside inside leverage on his offensive tackles that he lines up against. Uh, Barnett excels at rushing the passer when facing that type of protection. So I, he's in line for potentially a 10 sack season, which isn't that crazy considering he had six and a half last year in a worse situation. But He's playing for a contract, trained with Jim Washburn this offseason, which I think is going to help way better, way more than anyone expects because, again, Jim Washburn is pretty much the architect of this wide nine that Jim Schwartz runs. And then I said that, that he might have a ten sacks because he's playing against Hargrave, I mean, next to Hargrave. So uh, contract, situation, health. All leads to Derek Barnett and they need him to be this because again, Rennie Curry, as of right now, is not back on this roster. Uh Jernard Avery, not proven. Josh Wett looked nice last year. You hope he he needed him to make some kind of leap next year though, and not play. He needs to be better than what he was, or else then he's still the fourth defensive end on this team. Sharif Miller, not ready, I don't believe. I don't I, I didn't really see it with him anyways. Uh Joe Osman, they love him, but that's not someone you can go into next season and hope that he's your third or fourth defensive end. So if, you're, if the roster stays how it is right now, Derek Barnett's impact, you need him to be in the top 15 of these top 20 players then.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really true. Um, Barnett's a really interesting one. I, I I haven't told you my 13 yet, but I will tell you that Barnett is 14. So for all the hate we occasionally get for being low on Barnett, you have him 13, I have him 14. So I think, again – I never even think that we're that harsh right. on him.
0: No,
2: I don't even I don't, I don't, we say I don't he's understand. Player. I mean – honestly he's right there on my wall <laughs> that's the fumble recovery i it's yeah. not that I don't like Bardet I'm just being honest like yeah you you can't be an NFL fan and say every starter on my team is great like yeah. that's not how it works there's you probably have five great starters on your team Max like you're gonna have these average players that still perform and again I think if Barnett has the season that we're envisioning him to have now you're gonna have people saying like we have the two best defensive end in the NFC East or stuff like that. I'm like, no, it's a situation. Barnett's an average pass rusher. If if, if you want to call Barnett this great, this great player, he needs to win on the bull rushes. He needs to win on every down. You can't take him off the field if he's this player that you think he is. But yet the Eagles still have to because he's not a consistent pass rusher. So, again, like I said, situation and everything that uh, the depth behind defensive end, you need Derek Barnett to have. A top fifteen impact on this team this year to be successful, given what the defensive end room looks right like now. But yeah, let's I, hear your thirteen though.
3: Let's yeah, just it. really quickly, last thing on Barnett, he wouldn't be fourteen if they sign Mitty Curry back. So I, oh, he'd be way
2: down. Yeah, yeah we'll talk list on about a, Yeah, my we'll talk about it. My my list would look a little bit different if.
3: Yeah. I think there's a whole, you're going to have a podcast or soon. the next one will be about cap space. We won't touch too much on it today, but I think the Eagles cap is not great. So I think I've been saying all off-season, bring back JP, bring back Ricky Curry. I'm now starting to wonder for the first time if they do. Uh, because of that, my list is a little bit different. Uh, my list would definitely shake around a bit if Peters and Curry were back. Uh, my 13, you keep beating me to players. So you keep justifying them, but I've got one ahead of you this time. So I'm interested to know where you have him, because I think you were lower on him than me, because you mentioned it before. I think you like him now. I have Isaac Samalu. Uh, higher than maybe people might expect. I have him at 13. Uh, part of this is bias. I actually liked Sam Meyer a lot when he came out. I don't often write offensive line film in pieces because they take me forever because I always end up having to watch every snap more closely because it's not a position that I would say I'm particularly well-skilled in, so I have to spend a lot of time breaking it down. Um, in fact, the only two I think I've ever done seriously were Brandon Brooks, and I nailed that, by the way. I said he was a star. I mean, to be fair, everyone did. But I liked Sam Alu a lot as well. And actually, I think what I said is pretty much the player he's become. Um, that film review was years old, so most people probably have never even seen it. Um, but yeah, I really like Sam Alu. I think every single year he's got better. I think mean, he struggled with size. I think it's not out of the question he even plays centre uh, in the future if Kelsey goes, but that's a whole other discussion. He is consistently improved to the point where he is very athletic. Uh, So when they run their sort of sweeps, when they run their sort of power, he is quite able um, to get across the line of scrimmage. He's he's able to move well in the screen game and he's improved his anchor. So he doesn't get ball rushes consistently anymore. You don't see him on his bum very often. Uh, he's pretty good in pass protection now. I think he's improved a significant amount, actually. And I think, yes, he's played next to two greats in JP and Kelsey. But JP obviously hasn't been the same last couple of years. He's missed quite a lot of time. And actually, he's had to deal with a bit of a revolving door at left tackle. He's played with uh, Big V. He's played with Dillard. He's played with JP. Samalu
2: has boosted Jason Peters' play yeah, for it's sure. hard as well. It's it-
3: hard playing with a different left tackle all the time. because a lot of offensive linemen dealing with stunts and stuff. Um, Sustainable is obviously a pretty smart guy because he deals with different players coming in. I'm starting to get the opinion now, and this is a whole other discussion about cap space, and we might be totally wrong here, but I'm starting to think maybe that Dillard is going to play. I would probably bring back JP, and I've said that before. I'd also bring back Curry, but I get it. I'm not Harry Roseman. I'm not in charge of the cap. If, and at the moment we're commenting on where the, where the team is now, if JP's not there, Sam Marlowe is going to have to have a good year because Dillard is going to need help. Uh, I think they're going to have to shift protection to the left a bit. I don't think, whatever your opinion of Dillard, I doubt he comes in and blows it away from day one at left tackle, which means Sam might have to coach him up this year. I think there'll be stuff off the ball we don't see. I think dealing with stunts. I also think there'll be times... When Dillard ends up on his backside uh, because he's been ball rushed, and you might see Samalu have to help out. You might see him in certain situations have to double team more. I think you're just going to have to see Samalu in general sort of helping out Dillard, even in things like the screen game. You might see and um, Dillard maybe miss a block and Samalu has to recover. So I think it's going to be quite a big year for Samalu. I think previously he's just been a good starter, and I think this year if the offensive line is going to be better or the run game is going to be better as well he might have to be a little bit better than he's been recently just because this is clearly the weakest offensive line going into the season the Eagles have had in a in quite a while to be fair there are pretty much two unknowns and there's only five only five players so yes uh there's two excellent all-pros there in Kelsey and Johnson. There's two unknowns in Dillard and Pryor we see at the moment. So I think Sam Ali is going to have a big season, actually. I think he's going to play well. I think he's going to surprise people with how he does. And the Eagles better hope he's good. Because if Sam has a, has a sort of regresses and has a down year because he was only playing well being next to JP and Kelsey, then this offensive line suddenly is pretty leaky. So I've got Sam Ali up there at 13. As I mentioned, I've got Barnett at 14. Uh, I got Samalu higher than people might think. Uh, maybe not a sexy pick. There's definitely some players that stand out more, but I'm a believer in Samalu's talent, and I think he's going to have a good year this year.
2: I put Samalu too low now. I <laughs> that always happens afterwards, realizing That's... that I I put Dillard above him. Wow! I give it away because Dillard is literally my next player. Uh, well, the good news is I, I'm getting some
3: beers then because
2: you, <laughs> you, you screwed well, it. You did, you did convince because you did convince me that. So, look, here's the reason why I think I put Sayamala lower, and I, I I think I was wrong for it because a lot of people talk like you could just replace Seymour. But I'm like, why would you think that? He put, he, from week nine through the rest of the season, I thought he was one of the best left guards in the NFL. Gave up no sacks. I think he gave up four quarterback hits, and I want to say ten pressures for week nine on. That's that's I mean that's top left guard play. It's not like this guy is a slouch. He had his best. He's coming off his best season as a pro, where he finally was fully entrenched as a left guard. Played a full entire season there. Even like you said, he had Peters, Dillard, Big V, what, what, whatever he played with. He's still playing extremely well and he's developing just fine, especially for his contract. He's on one of the most budget, long term deals that the Eagles need from their starter to have. So, uh, say, Malu, I think is a top 20 left guard. Uh, I would even say top 15, to be honest with you. I don't think, but the Eagles fans just don't think of him that way. They don't think cheap. he's replaceable, They've he's very me. cheap. They've got a Very really, cheap.
3: really good. Dip. I think actually, because I'm trying to find my article just because I could see what I said. And if you go on my name and sort of look at Sam Arlo, I'm not always, I wasn't always the biggest. You posted biggest that player. article when they extended him, correct? Because I think I, I remember that. No, I reposted it then. I actually, I wrote about it, I think in 2016, but I republished it when he was drafted. BGN by in 2017. I loved it when he was
2: drafted. I did and think, I, yeah.
3: At I the time, we all thought he, was, he was, Kelsey. was Kelsey's
2: replacement. We all yeah, thought he was
3: Kelty. Yeah, year. I did as well. I actually worried about him next to Kelty. And I spoke in the article about how um, he is – I saw him as a centre. But this is basically what I said then, and I still think it stands. This is exactly in my conclusion. I said he is not a more type lineman, which is why he fell. But he's technically very good and a very, very smart player. He will never dominate his opponents, but he is very sound and will sustain blocks. I'm perfectly fine with him starting next year. Yes, he's slightly un- – blah, 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 blah. And I talk a little bit about him. But I think that's why, I think – Uh, people like your sexy pick. I I said in the conclusion here again, he may not be a flashy player and send his opponents flying to the ground, but there is a lot of value in simply sustaining your blocks like he does. And I said, I think he could be a top 10, 12 player. I said, basically, he's never going to be a star. uh, And this is the way I finished it, which I think, to be honest, I think I nailed it. I said, he's smart, tough and athletic enough uh, above to average to above average player. And I think the reason why people don't like him as much is because, like you said, he's not a sexy player. He doesn't go around knocking people off. He doesn't go around uh, sort of just completely dominating. You see Lane Johnson have these reps where he just kills dudes. Jason Kelsey has these reps where he moves like he's a running back. Uh, Brandon Brooks literally kills dudes in some blocks. Sam Ali just sort of sustains his blocks. He doesn't finish hard. You're not going to get him on Twitter, people tweeting saying, oh, my God, look at that Sam Ali block. He's not like that as a player, but he just does his job you very rarely see, All oh, we're losing this game because of Sam Arlo. He had to think he had one really bad game last year. But except for that, he was very consistent. And because he's not flashy, I think people underrate him. But as I said in this article, and I'll say it again now, there is a lot of value in simply sustaining your block for a few seconds and have enough time for a running play to get past you, enough time to get the ball out. You might not be keeping a good defensive t- uh, tackle down for four or five seconds, but he would do enough to help the Eagles. And I think that will continue this year. So yeah, I'm higher on Sam Arlo, definitely, I think. Uh, He'll have a big year this year.
2: Bravo. Well said. If there's nothing else we could say, I'd say I'm all in, when I So who's your 14? So got my 14 Barnett. is Andre Dillard. Is Andre Dillard. So right. the reason why I have Andre Dillard this high is obviously because Dillard is replacing a legend, Jason Peters. And that entails consistent top left tackle – I mean, top seven left tackle play. Say what you will about Jason Peters. I know his injuries aren't consistent, but his play is. He has played along the lines of a top seven left tackle in the NFL – when he's on the field, confidence issues have already arose after the Eagles wrongly moved in the right tackle to replace Lane unexpectedly due to his injury. The Eagles strongly need Dillard to play up to his first-round capabilities, especially protecting the blind side of Carson Wentz and his durability concerns. I think, especially in a year where I I think you have to ask Carson Wentz to make more plays out of the pocket this season, you need – your book and tackles to play well. You can't have just Lane Johnson playing well and the left side completely collapsing. It's not going to work that way. Uh, And look at your own division. I mean, I don't want to say the Cowboys, because I think if the Cowboys brought back Robert Quinn, I'd be a lot more afraid of their pass rush. But Washington's defensive line, you're playing twice a year and they have the guys that could injure Carson Wentz. Uh, I know everybody hates when we talk about Carson Wentz and injuries and stuff like that, but his durability is a concern. I, I it's a, it, I honestly think Carson Wentz's durability concerns are all on the same lines as Donovan McNabb's when he was the franchise quarterback. So the Eagles always found a way to put a left tackle in front of Donovan McNabb. I hope to pray that Andre Dillard can play up to his first-round capabilities, be the player that they thought he could be, because I thought last year – there was no way he was making it out of the top ten. I thought the Bengals were going to take him at number ten. I locked him in there for my mock traps time and time again. I was happy when he fell to the Eagles. I, I fully believed in him being the future left tackle. I just think the transition from Pac-12 to the NFL is the toughest college transition. They're not playing that much NFL talent. It's scarcity of NFL talent in the Pac-12. Uh, he did not handle Bull Rush as well. He was on his ass a lot, like you said. He can't play on the level he did last year and have the Eagles just run smoothly. It's not going to work that way. So that's why I think his impact makes it all the way for me at 14 because he needs to play like a starting caliber left tackle. And I know everybody's going to be like, well, they won with Big V and he didn't really do that well. He gave up like nine sacks that season. But I get it. I don't think Andre Dillard even played to the Big V capability though. Big V, yeah, had,
3: when Big V was in, they chipped the defensive end pretty much every snap with a tight end.
2: And I think they have to still. You like don't,
3: I, I, You don't yeah. want to do that too much, though. They're too talented a tight end to spend the first two seconds of every rep. Uh, Dillard's going to have to do a little bit by himself. It's like saying, oh, brilliant, leave Sanders into block. And you're like, but then you're leaving Sanders into block. So in right. that sense, I agree with you. What I'll say on Dillard is I have Dillard lower than you. And there's a weird one because I loved him pre-draft. I really liked him. I thought it was a great first round pick and I've not gone off him. The issue I have with Dillard is nothing about technique. And to be honest, people say it's strength and his strength is a problem. His ball rush. He has to handle ball rushes better. You can go to a gym. You can get stronger. These guys can bulk up my issue with him actually. And I don't haven't watched enough of him to judge is his competitiveness and when people say that, you think, how dare you question someone's competitiveness. I'm not saying he's weak, but anyone who watches professional sport, the idea that everyone that plays at the same intensity is rubbish. Some players have a, just a bit of a freakish mindset, almost like a warrior mindset. I mean, Jason Kelsey, and this is my problem with JJ I was like a white Whiteside, by the way, the completely different oh he came out and said, I'm injured, I'm injured. Then go and read about what Kelsey played through last year. Now, these guys, some of them have a mindset where they're like different level of competitiveness. He looked a bit soft to me, Dillard. Did he really want to be out there getting battered around by 300-pound defensive linemen who are bigger and stronger than him? My question with Dillard, I just haven't seen it. And it's not like I'm negative about him. I just want to see it until I see it, until I can say, right, I'm happy with him. Technical-wise, athleticism-wise, he's got it. Feet are great. The feet are light. He gets to his sets well. All the sort of coaching cues, he's got it. Like, he's very polished for a rookie. The question is, how tough is he? And I don't mean that sitting here as sort of a tough guy in my bedroom recording a podcast. I'm not an NFL offensive tackle, so it's fine for me. Uh, that is his job. And that is the question where I want to see it, really. Is, is he going to be remember? nasty? Like, Brandon Brooks, Dane Johnson, they are nasty dudes. I mean, like, they are physically demanding. I mean, Brandon Graham and the same on the opposite side of the field. There are some guys that just have that edge. Does he have that edge? And that's why, because I agree with you, I think in terms of importance this year, it's massive. Left tackle is a a premium position. And let's be honest, Wentz has a sort of great innate feel of pass rush at times, but he does like to hold on to the ball. He will wait that extra second. And there's there's a very different, there's a sort of, in coaching circles, different coaches will view this very differently about, do you want a guy who stands in the pocket like Ben Roethlisberger and takes the hit and delivers a late throw? Or do you want a player who gets rid of it quickly? And to be honest, there's a very fine line between that balance. But Wentz does hold it a little bit. And if Bill keeps getting beat repetitively, this offense is going to struggle a little bit because they're going to get hit a lot. And the receivers aren't going to bow Wentz out because they're not going to be good enough this year. So I agree where you have him in terms of how important he is. I'm just slightly more concerned about the player. But I do have him on the list. So we still haven't got anyone yet that we just this, that we completely disagree on. I do have him on my list, just not as high as 14.
2: I question him as a player as well, though, because I don't know if you remember that Derek Barnett and his scuffle at training camp where he was crying. Do you remember yeah.
3: that? Yeah, that I, seems like a long time ago.
2: It was, but it wasn't that long because he was a rookie. And, I mean... He was crying for that. He – as soon as they put him at right tackle and he was awful and they benched him in the second half versus the Seahawks, what did he do to the media right after? Keep crying about that. Yeah. Uh, Like I said in the other podcast before, as Mike Leach took that Mississippi State job, who's the first person that comes out and crucifies him for it? Andre Diller. Like, I don't know what his attitude's like, but from what he showed me, it's piss poor. I – I put Andre Dillard at 14 because of the impact the left tackle position is. You could Like like you just said, Carson Wentz will hold on to the ball and try to make something happen. Nick Foles, during that magical playoff run, the ball was always out like that, that, that. You Big V couldn't mess up because he had the time. Like you said, he had the chip blocks and he had the time. They had Brent Selk then. Now you're asking Andre Dillard, who I don't even think is – at this point i hope i he's a better player than big v for sure but going into a pandemic going into like a, a lost offseason where you're coming off a i would say a disappointing rookie season after being a first round pick cuz there were some bright spots for sure but there was some dark spots and then there's some stuff that we're talking about that has nothing to do with football but it has something to do with football it didn't
3: um, didn't that pl- i'm trying to think back now wasn't that practice as well when diller got upset yeah wasn't it bar- in didn't Barnett though push him back into Wentz, and didn't like Doug have to talk to? I'm sure I'm, my memory isn't as good. I'm convinced yeah. that it, Dude, he a actually picture. hit there's Wentz. A... Didn't he hit Wentz? Though? Didn't Barnett push? Did so far back? He actually hit I, Wentz.
2: I'm sure that's what the fight was about, but I'd be because
3: it, look at. I oh, know we're mid-recording. We're trying not to look up too much because then you have to, people are probably screaming down at us like, "Yes, it was." If that was the one that I think of, where he hit Wentz, um, we know what uh Derek Barnett's ball rush is like. <laughs> When Derek Barnett shoves you back into the quarterback, you've got to work on your anchor, buddy, because Derek Barnett don't push anyone back into the quarterback. And yes, he was a rookie that time, but it sort of highlights what we're talking about, that he has to get a bit more um, aggressive. Because Barnett, by the way, and by the way, being aggressive doesn't mean you're a good football player. Derek Barnett is about as aggressive as anyone, and he's not the best Eagles player. So you can be very aggressive and very tough. It doesn't mean you're sort of really good. But I wonder if that spark is there with uh, Billard. I think that's what we've got to see.
0: At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans use their homes for better living. Whether that be through refinancing your mortgage, accessing cash through your home's equity, or helping you purchase a new home, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333. Licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing. Equal housing opportunity.
2: Because I, I I really wanted to know. So, Jonathan Cyprian, you remember him when he was on the team? The yeah, ex Jack safety?
3: safety, yeah.
2: Yeah, so he had to be held back from practice after Andre Dillard fortunately pushed him to the ground during what was supposed to be a life practice, and Barnett chased Dillard, and they mixed it up after they had faced off during a later play.
3: I don't mind that as much. Good. If he gave a bit, a little bit of extra... That's fine.
2: I don't mind as much. I forgot about yeah. that. But, yeah, so fair to question Barnett's – I mean, it's fair to question Dillard, the player, yeah. the competitiveness and all that. stuff. So yeah. I think you're completely dead on with that. But Right, let's go. Let's 15. So that was my 14. Yeah, so 15. What do you have for 15? Because I think you're uh, going to be like, finally for mine. Yeah, so of players that you've
3: mentioned so far, I haven't got Roby Coleman here, although I think I would move him up, and I haven't got Dillard here. I have a rookie in my top 15. Despite telling people to be cautious, uh, I do think Jalen Rager is going to, whether we sort of should ask a lot of him this year, he could be wide receiver one if Deshaun Jackson goes down very quickly. I don't really buy this whole. He's only going to play Z, so don't worry about him. Um, yes, he's going to learn Z first because that's what you do with rookies. Then when he's learned Z, you teach him something else. I mean, Doug comes out in a press conference and says it and everyone thinks we drafted the backup in the first round. And what you do is you teach someone one position and you teach them the next one. This is a virtual off-season. We're not going to go right. Here's the whole playbook. Learn it at once. Uh, everyone needs to calm down a little bit about that. He will still play if Deshaun Jackson. Oh, I can't get hurt. believe people are
2: getting, I, Oh my goodness, I, I know. There a was actually about that.
3: There were tweets like, the Eagles drafted the backup in the first round? No, he's just not I
2: just, first. I, he's the uh, future seed of the, of the team, guys. Like, come on. They drafted JJ, or saying white side to be the backup X too, but where did he play? He played every position during the season. Like, guys, come on. What do you expect us like, to say at this point? Exactly. Him up. So, like, he's going to uh, be our starting wide receiver and do everything that we need him to do during yeah. this pandemic. Like,
3: Rega is not just going to back up to Sean. is going to have a role. Even if Deshaun said, they were both at the same time. We spoke to Mike Kay about it a couple of weeks ago, about how they'll line up on the same side of the field. He's going to have, now I'm, we spoke yesterday about how much we still like Deshaun. And I still think Deshaun leads to team in targets, but you cannot ignore Deshaun's injury history. We said it yesterday as well. Um, well, Sorry, not yesterday when we last spoke. Um, Deshaun has issues. We know this. If he goes down, Rega is going to have to have a big role, whether he's ready or not, it doesn't matter. He is going to get targets. And he's probably going to have to play a bigger role when you want a rookie receiver to play. Um, there is there is an outside chance. I think it's to Sean like you, but there is definitely a chance he leads the Eagles receivers in touches, um, targets as well as touches. Um, he needs to basically provide a vertical threat if Sean goes down. He needs to not just do that. He needs to get yards after the catch. He probably needs to learn the slot as well. There's even an outside chance. I don't think this will happen. But if JJ comes in and just literally cannot play, he might have to play at X at times and he might have to get off press. So he's got a lot to do this year. For a rookie, he has too much to do. If you're being honest, we spoke already about Caproom. If cap room wasn't an issue, I think they would have signed another receiver this year and still drafted Rager. He is going to have to play a bigger role than you want a rookie to play. And I think he basically, even as a rookie, has to be somewhere on this list because I just think he's going to have to play a really important role this year. Normally, I wouldn't put rookies as high as top 15, especially not wide receivers where it's a slow transition. I wrote about why it's so hard for receivers. Um, But, yeah, who do you have at 15 then uh, as well?
2: Rigger made my list, though, I will say. He made my list, but he's towards the end, but he made my list. But I have Jake Elliott. Oh, no. Jake Um, Elliott has to make my – he had to make my top 15. Uh, kickers kickers can decide games simple as that and Jake Elliott is probably this franchise's second best kicker behind David Akers Uh, say what you will about his chip shots misses from 30 yards I I can't answer those I don't know why he misses those sometimes it's completely mind-boggling to me but again those can decide games so they need him to have Some of that magic that he had in 2017 where he hits that 62-yarder against the Giants, I'd love to bring that up. Um, They need Jake Elliott to be a consistent good catcher. I I, I need him to have at least 33 made field goals this year. I need that from Jake Elliott at least. So to be a top powerhouse in the NFC, when you're talking about being a first seed in the NFC, you need everything to go right. When you go back to that Eagles season – no matter who the personnel was, everything was going right. The, the rushing offense was in the top three. The passing offense was getting it done. Carson went to a franchise record for most passing touchdowns in the season. The secondary with guys that you really didn't really hear of besides Malcolm Jenkins was getting it done. The pass rush with a rejuvenated Chris Long, Fletcher Cox, Tim Jernigan, Brandon Graham, uh, Derek Barnett was getting it done, Vinnie Curry. The offensive line was getting it done. You need every little – and then not only that, they didn't even expect to even have Jake Elliott that year. It was supposed to be Caleb Surgeons. Jake Elliott came out of nowhere, and he got it done that year. So you need literally every facet of your game to be at – it's performing above expectations to be a number one seed in the NFC. And that's why I have Jake Elliott making my top 15 because kickers can decide games, and he's very
3: important for that. So this is the first big disagreement we have. He's actually not on my list. I had him. Ooh. I had him at 20 before today. I and just want some he, beer. I edited it. And yeah, I don't know. I reckon the people might agree with me. We'll see. Actually, I don't know. Maybe actually they'll agree with you. Uh, yeah, I'm nothing against Jake Elliott at all. Everything you said is right. Um, I just have, just don't have him on there. I did have him 20. And Do you I not have him on
2: there because you trust him though? You're yeah, I like
3: it. Him. I have no problems about it at all. I literally. I am no worried about the thirty-yard
2: chip shots. I don't understand why he misses those.
3: Yeah, they're a bit weird. But I, as far as a player, I just don't have him here due to sort of where I rank them. He would he would be twenty-one for me. Um, he was twenty, and I bumped down in positions. So he would be twenty-one. Yeah, I don't think we need to spend too long on a kicker. But fair enough, you went uh you went bold, you went him earlier. I mean, I you're right. I mean, kickers can kickers can determine loads of games. So there's no there's no point denying that. I just didn't have him there. Right. I'm going to jump ahead to 16. And I'm not, I don't need to talk about this player uh, because you've already had him. So at 16, I had Nickel Roby Coleman. And I really, we already spoke about him at length. So I'm not going to mention anything. Basically, everything you said, I just have him below uh, Reagan and Barnett um, because of really the reasons that I've outlined already. But yeah, I have Roby Coleman still top 16. Uh, Who do you have at 16 then? Seeing as we know, it's not Roby Coleman.
2: All right. Drum roll, please. Dallas, right, Goddard. Go. Got um, Dallas Goddard. Oh my, I so got Dallas Goddard. I forgot you didn't have Dallas Goddard. He is far probably, too low. He, <laughs> he is way too low on your list. See, yeah, I know. You, people are going to be upset about this. But I again, I think the replacement thing played way too far into this because if Dallas Goddard gets, gets injured, Zach Ertz and Josh Perkins still get it done for me. I think uh, there are people – so before
3: you before say that, there are people, I think, that think the Eagles are going to be a one-man personnel offense this year because they drafted so many wide receivers. No, I don't. No. I think there are people that think, like, is Dallas Goddard going to get snaps? Uh, because, I mean – and I think those people are wrong. Those um, people – yeah, those, that, that really doesn't make
2: sense, though, dude. I mean, that, that makes no sense. They, Like you said, they have one wide – reliable wide receiver. Yeah. Alshon probably is not going to be available week one. Probably going to start – I think the Eagles would hope he starts on the PUP. I don't think they're worried about getting him on the field at all. Deshaun Jackson is it. That knows your offense. There's no absolute reason why you take Dallas Goddard, your second best receiving option, because I don't th- – as much as we talked about Deshaun Jackson's impact and how much we think he's going to do great this year, it's not like he's definite to come back from this core muscle injury and be great. He could fail. So on a consistent basis, going into the season where you can just say, I can rely on that guy, I can rely on that guy, you can always say for once it's receiving options – there's only two players you can say that about, and their names are Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. So you do not take Dallas Goddard off the field. You continue running twelve personnel. Here's why I have him as such an important thing, and because we keep harping on this wide receiver stuff. So obviously Goddard has become a reliable target for Wentz. I think he's starting. To, I think he's starting to become Wentz's second read naturally. Uh, given all the inconsistent play the Eagles have at the wide receiver, especially the exposition with Alshon's injury, JJ uh, J. Arcega-Whiteside's poor rookie season, I don't think much of JJ Arcega-Whiteside could say it all the time. Uh, but with that all in the mix, because who could, who knows? I, that's just my opinion. Arcega-Whiteside could kill it or come back and be a good player for them that they hope he can be. But given right now, Goddard might have to rotate on the outside to play the exposition when they want to exploit matchups. So – that's incredibly important to me. When you don't have that Alshon Jeffrey out there to take on that jump ball uh, corner, to take on that lanky corner on the outside so that your slot live receiver like Jalen Rager and your your Z wide receiver like Deshaun Jackson and your tight end like Ertz can eat up in the middle of the field or downfield, you need that, that guy that could have that one-on-one and win it for Wentz. It might be Goddard this year. They might move it more into the X. So we might see that. But, again, the 12 personnel is a huge part of the team's uh, passing offense. So, Goddard, you have to make this list. Uh, I think you can – I have him at 16, right? We're at 16, right? Yeah,
0: 16.
2: So, I have him here at 16, but – I didn't is His role, no matter what, is in the top 20. I know you have him super high, but no matter what, the role he brings is in the top 20. And going into next season, he's your only reliable – second-best option, and the passing game on this team still. Yeah, so, yeah, I think, yeah,
3: again, I think, The Eagles are not going to play loads of 1-1 personnel to get John Hightower and JJ on the field. So, no. out on the bench. Whatever Doug's philosophical beliefs are, philosophy is one thing, and then scheme is another, and you pick your scheme around your players. So, you might love 1-1 personnel. In an ideal world, you've got three stud receivers. Well, guess what? We don't. So I don't you've even got think that's an pick. issue. No,
2: I don't even I don't think that's think an it. issue with Doug that's because – Doug scrapped his whole entire like mantra towards the end of the season and went towards the previous head worked for the previous head coach and won a Super Bowl with it. So yeah. that doesn't that doesn't bother me. I think he wants the best players to play. That's Doug's yeah. mo, and that's why Dallas got to be on the field. Whoever thinks that is wrong. Yeah,
3: I'd agree. There's I think no not,
2: way. Yeah. Even Goodwin, there's no way you tell these all these guys, hey, you're learning our playbook and practicing with us through a screen. You're gonna play a huge role in our offense next year, though, yeah, not, not the me. guy not the guy that knows the whole entire offense that performs on well the offense. that's a reliable option for my quarterback, but you, yep, it doesn't make sense. That makes no sense at all, no, so all yeah, right. Goddard has to be on your top 20 list, no matter what. Anyone that makes this list, you have to put Goddard in it, no matter what. you and I obviously disagree where his impact matters the most. Uh, yeah. I think you could make a case for either one. I think more people would probably agree with you. Because I even mean, I'm talking myself into it by saying he's the second best receiver <laughs> on the team. But yeah. uh that's he that's exactly why. And again, you hit it best on the previous episode anyway. So yeah, I right, uh, don't let's have to go. go much more into that.
3: Yeah, we spent a lot of time. Uh right, I'm gonna go 17, because I'm gonna give you mine, and I think it might compute it might it might surprise a few people. So 17, I've gone for fan favorite. Uh, not really. Uh linebacker, Nate Gary. I have gone for Gary in my top 17 which i can see by your face no, you're a bit
2: surprised no and uh, i'm not because he made my list too oh so he made your list. i thought i, I thought it list. was just gonna be me Dude, he's the best linebacker on the team unfortunately yes, thank
3: you i mean I'm, I'm telling you i actually watched i was gonna write a piece about him and i was gonna write a piece about tj edwards and i essentially got bored because there's not enough film on tj edwards to write a piece about him tj edwards has become like fan darling uh he is a base linebacker who plays the run well. He's not playing in side package, he's, unless I'm wrong. I'm, if I'm completely wrong, I hold my hand up. To me, he is not a he's a base linebacker. He will play in run down and will be good. He's a good run uh, defender. I think when you're playing Zeke and you're playing Barkley and you want someone who can tackle a running back. But he's not playing in nickel, which we're going to play 70% of the time most likely. He's definitely not playing dime. Uh, Gary's going to play all three downs. He's the only linebacker that will play all three downs, I imagine. Um, so I think really... Considering he's the only linebacker on the team that I'm certain will play all three downs, there's no way Davion Taylor is ever playing in base. He's a sub package. I'm not sure how you, to an extent, you can't, I feel like you have to have Gary on this list because as much as people want to say the Eagles devalue the linebacker position, we've spoke a lot about this and this is such an important point. So apologies if you made it before. Just because the Eagles don't value paying linebackers does not mean the linebacker position does not matter in this defense. It's like the idea that if you don't pay running backs, you think running backs don't matter. They're two completely separate arguments. The Eagles' point is that linebacker is not a premium position. It's also a position you can get cheap, so you don't need to pay them. Same goes for running back, which is why you don't pay them huge money. That doesn't mean the Eagles' linebackers can suck this year and they'll be good. If the Eagles linebackers are terrible this year, legitimately terrible, the Eagles defense will probably be bad because teams are smart and they will pick on you. They will run uh, a lot of one-two one, one, personnel against the Eagles. They will get the Eagles in base. Then they will spread out those tight ends because there's loads of receiving tight ends, and they'll make you cover tight ends with your linebackers. And if the Eagles linebackers stink, they will struggle big times. I think Gary actually has an important role because he's going to be the only three-down linebacker. So I think there's a lot of people who won't put him in their top 20 because they think he sucks. I don't think he sucks. I think he's average, probably below average starter. I think actually his development is pretty good and it's a credit to their coaching staff because he came from a safety to actually be a every down linebacker, which it, we've seen high picks in the first round from guys who can't make that transition uh, to sort of position this player as what we call them now. He is now a starting linebacker when he wasn't even a linebacker coming out. So Gary should get better because he's another year in the scheme. I'm cautiously optimistic. He will be good enough to make their linebackers not terrible. And when I say good enough, if he is average or slightly below average, then I think he's still got an important role. So that's why I make the case for him being up there at seventeen,
2: so Nick Gary's not that good, though. Like I want, I need to make that clear because uh, you, you don't think he's a good starter. Right? Yeah,
3: no, no, I think he's average to below
2: average. No, he's a below average starter. I think right what I think, you're ho- I, I think you're hoping he can become an average starter.
3: Yeah, but but this is where I think linebacker positions can get confusing because I do think. He gives you more than people realize because he can play three downs. And I think people now love T.J. Like Edwards. Yes. T- but so my point a. is a. people is now a- love guys like T.J. Edwards. And I get it. T.J. Edwards is great. He's a base linebacker. He's, He's
2: a baseline a- backer, a- for sure. And people love like devon
3: Taylor, sure. which Devon Taylor could potentially be and could be very, very good, but only in sub package. It's actually quite hard to find three down linebackers these days. The Eagles maybe have one on their roster. Um, And that position does matter because when you trot out your linebackers, you need them to do a multiple thing. You need them to do a range of different things because if they don't, teams will target you. Teams will pick on you. If you have bad players anywhere, you said it earlier on, we made a great point. Teams don't have that many great players. You have maybe five great players on your team. What good teams have is they don't have severe weaknesses because if you have a really obvious weakness, teams will target it big time. So I think although Gary is, I think I agree, he's not great. He's not even good. He's on a good day. He's average. He's probably a below average starter. But I do think you have to take into consideration the fact that he plays three downs. And I think that does hold some weight. Uh, And I think he's actually pretty good in nickel. And he could potentially be the dime linebacker as well this year, uh, potentially. So he's going to play a lot of snaps. He's going to play a lot of snaps this year. So, yeah, I'm not a big Gary fan, but I do think he's treated a little bit harshly by some uh, Eagles fans online.
2: So, I think because to get on your TJ Edwards point, I think TJ Edwards in his specific role can be a more talented player than Nate Gary, but he can't do what Nate Gary can do because Nate Gary is where the linebacker's position is going converted safety to linebacker that can cover a ton of field. Because, like you just said, you just said it perfectly. You, it's very rare to find a three down linebacker in this era of football. You need a guy who can cover space, you need a guy who can cover. Field. You need a guy who can cover uh, in the tight ends and the slot wide receivers and there, what have you. Because you look at the – I think the perfect comparison I have for Nick Gary coming out when they when I heard you there transitioning to linebacker, obviously it hasn't even come close to that type of player. But Shaq Thompson uh, coming out of Washington with the Panthers drafted him and moved him to linebacker, I thought they were ahead of the curve, and that's exactly where the NFL is going, linebacker. I think the Eagles are as well because, like you just said, they have Nick Gary who's probably their best three-down linebacker, their only three-down linebacker. But they had to put all these different guys in on different packages where maybe you take Gary off the field and you put uh, – it's not going to be happening this year, but maybe in years in the future, uh, Devontae Taylor in for sub-packages or base defense you put T.J. Edwards in. I just think my huge problem with Nate Gary is he's he so bad in tackling. Such an inconsistent tackler. Takes horrible angles. Too many missed tackles. They get 16 missed tackles last year. That, that part of his game – if he can wrap up that part of his game, I would be a lot less – harsh on Nick Gary than I am. Then he would be an average starter, for sure. i feel more confident about the linebacker position if his missed tackles were as bad as what they were. But they are. But he just made He's thing, actually...
3: One thing, because I completely agree with you. I do completely, completely agree with you. His missed tackles are a big problem. But I will say... This is the stats era we live in. There are some players who don't get close enough to the ball on a consistent basis to miss the tackle, and that's a weird thing. True. But sometimes the, the uh, what's the phrase? The grass is always greener on the other side. Where well, you think so and so we better because he's a better tackler. Well, yeah, but you've actually got to get to the ball to make the tackle. So I will credit he
2: Yes, he, he absolutely does.
3: does. And sometimes but, covering space is important because even if you can't wrap up consistently, being there is enough to stop someone running into a zone. It's enough to make a running back change his course. It's enough to make a, rest- a quarterback not throw the ball to the receiver. Times, Speed matters.
2: Some, Speed matters. So, so, yeah, but some of those times you're alluded to, he's behind the guy that's about to score. Yes, so, and he has a massive issue
3: <laughs> with play action. He has a big <laughs> problem with play action. And I'm oh, he's a huge problem it.
2: And that's a yeah, that's thing now. I can't right. watch that right. Go, last if, year Nick Gary is, no matter what they do, they can they can bring back Nigel Bradham. It doesn't matter what they do at linebacker at this point. What they do in free agency, Jatadius Brown, what he does in camp, it doesn't matter. Nick Gary is your number one linebacker, and Jim Schwartz will not be total all the runs. So yeah. Nick Gary is playing a majority of your, your snaps. And I, I agree with you as well. T.J. Edwards probably going to th- see next. If, if they decide to move ahead with uh, T.J. Edwards as Mike, he's playing 30% of the snaps. 70% a, of the snaps yeah. is probably going to go to Nate Gary and probably Jatavius Brown. I might be totally wrong about this. So here's
3: a bit of a hot take for you. TJ Edwards goes down week one. Uh, you play Sean Bradley and you don't really suffer too much. I don't know if oh, that's a bit of a hot take. I wouldn't. But Sean Bradley can play. I don't know that's a hot
2: take because I don't he think. Can, I, I mean, he's a you're, talking player, about, right? you're talking about a replacement level player with a replacement level player, though, because yes. I don't think Sean Bradley's that good either. I think he's just a special Andre's team down. guy.
3: Yeah, but, he is linebackers, David can Taylor, I agree with
2: you next season, your two main linebackers, which oh, it's really tough to swallow. Cause I don't even think they're going to bring Nigel Brown back. I think if they wanted Gary to, no, it's not David and Taylor. I think it's with Jatavis Brown and Nate Gary. David yeah, and Taylor also, is definitely. Retro. Year, yeah.
3: I was thinking the year after. Sorry. I was thinking the following. Oh no,
2: year, year. after yeah. for sure. I think yeah. they would, they would hope. I don't know if that's a guarantee, but they would hope. I think also, David it, Ann 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 is right Taylor.
3: Who's the linebacker? They've got another right linebacker. Over there. I've got his name wrong. Um, uh, all
2: right. So, Hold on, though, really quick. Number 17 was either San Amalo for me, and you pretty much destroyed the whole entire conversation with him anyway. So yeah, all I'll say is zero sacks and limited pressures allowed the last seven games. If San Amalo continues that play. The Eagles' offensive line becomes even a more co- co- cohesive unit. And I'm yeah. with you. I bring back Peters. I, I minimize the blow that you took by instead of losing two main cogs along your offensive line, lose one. Bring back Peters. Make them as make Brooks' impact loss as minimal as you possibly can. Play prior. You have who's trending upwards and playing well. You have a good use unit at that point. If you're trying to replace Jason Peters' level play and Brandon Brooks' level play at the same time, I don't know. I think you're asking too much of sayomalu and Agent Kelsey, who has been thinking about retirement, and Lane Johnson, who has been known to be injured now lately. So Yeah, my
3: first thought, actually, when I saw the Brandon Brooks news, my first thought genuinely was, Bring back Peters. And not as a guard. Bring back Peters to play. Not the as a guard, yeah. Then you know you've at least got another spot shored up. But anyway, right, let's move on. Let's move again for an hour uh, with too many debates. I have Nate
2: Gary next, though. I have Nate Gary next. Oh, you do have Gary. You have pretty, Gary. Up, so yeah, so pretty much killed in the, the Nate Gary's, uh conversation. Like I said, I don't think Gary is a good player. I think it's a stretch to even call him an average player. But he fits yep. what the Eagles want in athletic and quicker linebackers. Their devalue of the position will hinder them in some capacity when forcing, when facing counter runs and covering tight ends next year. Gary's definition of a shorts guy. So he's in, so he's in every position to be the team's top linebacker in 2020. They'll need him to make a leap in his development to become the player they view him as, but he'll be important in his role as top linebacker for the defensive success this season. So you have to make him no matter who the number one linebacker is on this team. Cause if, if they brought back, uh, I, if they brought back Bradham, I don't even think he's the number one linebacker. So, No matter what, Nick Gary's number one linebacker, no matter what they do, no matter what anybody says, it's Nick Gary. That's who it is next year. So your number one linebacker has to make the top 20 list.
1: Simple as that.
3: Yep. Also, I don't need to spend any longer on my 18 because my 18 is Andre Dillard. So we've sort of uh, got similar – you had him, I think, at 14. I have him at 18. And, again, for the exact same reasons, if they sign JP, obviously he goes out the list. Um but uh, they haven't as of yet. So, yeah, I have did it at 18, which means we're pretty similar. I'm trying to think the only difference we've got so far heading into the last two is you've said Elliot and I've said Rager. Um, so uh, am I right in saying at 19 you have
2: Jalen Rager? Yeah, I do have Jalen Rager at 19. Wow. People are going to be pissed at us. This is not that much diversity. <laughs> I it's believe really it's going to be actually but- how similar we are.
3: We'll talk about it at the end. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up and then, yeah. So, Rager so, 19.
2: I have Rager just because I think, just to add to what you said, because you pretty much said everything, the Eagles are going to need more than one playmaking wide receiver, though. It can't just be Deshaun Jackson, who is on the fridge of retirement. Uh, they need somebody else to step up. And, again, Nelson Aguilar might have not been productive, but he played a huge timeshare of your snaps. So, you, you you look at this team, and like you said, you can only trust one wide receiver going into the season. They need another one to step up and replace the timeshare of the snaps that Nelson Aguilar had. It has to be Jalen Rager. He ha- he's in the best position to be that guy. Already has history with the wide receivers coach and Aaron Moorhead, who, again, is coming straight from college, knows how to develop young kids. I think that's again, helps the position that he's in. He comes to a city and a franchise that his father played for. I think that helps in development, too. But, again, I don't think it's going to happen until midseason where he really hits his stride. But he's already working out with Wentz in Houston. I think that will help. Uh He's in the most. He's in the best position to contribute because the Eagles are gonna have to force him on the field. They're gonna because they don't have. I don't think they have. Besides Goodwin, who I don't think is a lock to make the roster, or I don't think is better wide receiver going into twenty twenty. Even then, Jalen Rager. Uh, they need somebody to step up. Either way. it's Goodwin or Rager to Deshaun Jackson because I don't think I. A lot of people are getting excited about Alshon Jeffrey right now, and I. I mean, I am not. I think no, at most he, he gives you, that's not, that's if he comes back from him. injury, if he comes back from injury, I think at most he gives you 300 yards, 300, 400 yards. Is, yeah. I think that's asking a lot. I think it's 300 yeah. max. But he drops the ball a lot. He's been one of the leading consistent uh, in drop passes for the Eagles last couple of seasons. So I don't think you know, Alshon Jeffrey will be the guy to step up. They need somebody outside of Deshaun Jackson. And it they, they needs to be a playmaker since your main possession guys are Goddard and Rager has to make my list here just because of those reasons. I don't think you can go into yep. the season and cause I think if you're making this list and you and you're in you in your head, you're thinking you need that playmaking wide receiver to step up next to Jackson, you might replace Rager with Goodwin. I personally wouldn't. I know you wouldn't as well. But regardless, that type of wide receiver impact needs to make this list. Your top twenty.
3: Yep. Right. So you have nineteen Rager. I don't have fifteen. Uh nineteen and twenty, I had this is when for me actually it got really Diffic- well actually, The whole thing was difficult. I'm like you, I can't believe how silly we've been in some cases. But 19 and 20, I basically had five players for these two slots. Um, 20 was the one that I really wasn't sure about, um, to be honest. But 19, I went for a backup, which I think is he possibly the first backup on the list. I'm looking above. Maybe he could be the first backup on the list. Um, I have Josh Webb. So I have backup to Derek Barnett, and I have him basically because I don't think the Eagles are very good at defensive end. And this is assuming that Vinnie Curry not coming back. And if Vinnie Curry is not coming back, Josh Joshua sorry, is basically the only backup defensive end who might be good. I mean, they might be bad behind him. You already mentioned this. I'm not going to go into huge detail. You mentioned it, but Barnett needs to play well because they haven't got much else. If Barnett just plays average again. So going to have to take a step forward because the Eagles rotate their ends a lot. Graham's getting on a bit. Um, and Barnett is not really played a huge, he plays star snaps, but he doesn't play every single, um, role. They always rotate a lot. So Josh Sweat's going to get a serious amount of snaps. I mean, you imagine Barnett, um, Graham, the odds are one of them will get hurt at some point in the season. They're probably not going to both play 16 games because that will just be unlikely based on percentages. Um, so Sweat's going to play. Uh, he will get a lot of snaps this year. I mean, a, a lot of snaps. I think he's going to play a lot this year as far as backups go. So I think he needs a big year. I'm optimistic, cautiously optimistic he'll play well. I don't think he's as good as some people think. Um, he's still got a lot of tire, He's still got a lot of things to do to develop. But yeah, I have him at 19. Um, do you have him at 20, or did Josh Sweat not make your list?
1: He
2: made it at 20. He there did. go. Yeah, so,
3: Incredible.
0: similar.
2: Just real quick. I gave uh, Daniel Popper, who we said was the reason why we had this idea for anyways, a shout-out for the tweet, and he liked it. So Chargers beat right here for The Athletic. He's the reason why we even did this episode, because yes. that was a brilliant yeah. idea by him that we had to hit on. Um, I'm glad that I gave him the proper credit, and we did give him a shout-out in the first episode, so I just want to do it again real quick. But Perfect. Joshua came for me at 20. I don't want to go that much into it because you pretty much dominated that. But like you said, look, if they bring back Vinny Curry, guess who's number 20 for me, Vinny Curry. Because the third edge rusher, whether it's Chris Long in 2017, Michael Bennett in 2018, or Vinny Curry in 2019, plays a massive role in this team's pass rush productivity. Just go back. Just go back. Bennett had nine sacks in 2018. Uh, Vinny Curry had nine last year with he was one of the most productive pass rush at I think he had the most productive pass rush rate on the Eagles defensive line in general last season. Chris Long was one of the most productive in pass rush rate in 2017 and even in 2018 as well. The Eagles are asking a lot of Josh Sweat to look, like you and I have said, we we've been I think you and I have been the most vocal for Josh Sweat is actually emerging and becoming a good player. But now they need him to—they needed him to be better than he's ever shown them before. They need him to be the reliable third guy at this point. So I don't know how you can make a top twenty list and not put the third defensive end on there for how much they matter for the Eagles because they're always—it always seems to be percentage-wise, their most productive pass rush, pass rusher is their third defensive end. So like I said, you have to—you have to replace the impact that Chris Long, Michael Bennett, and Vinny Curry played over the last three seasons. Right now, they're hoping Josh could be that guy. And they need Joshua to be that guy. And that's why he made my top 20 for the impacts.
3: Yeah, that's fair. And then at 20, um, so this is the only difference we have. Just, it's Josh incredible. This is actually mad. Basically, I changed this. I put this player I swear on the
2: to last God, minute We Kenyon. did not go over our list together. We never oh, li- mentioned anything on yeah, our list together. I
3: literally put this player on the list at the last minute. And I did have Jake Elliott, and if I kept Jake Elliott on the list, we would have had exactly the same twenty players, which is oh,
2: man, genuinely that's
3: mad. mad. Now I know we had them in different orders, but that is genuinely—that's
2: uh, hard to do. That—that's that, quite incredible. It shows that maybe- we literally. Yeah, I don't even know if people are going to believe us at this point, but I swear on every day I love yeah. him. And I did not discuss who we were going <laughs> to pick because we were now, we did it have for them the in episode. different
3: did have some variables like Goddard and Reagan. but anyway, uh, it's number twenty. I had one that I'm not sure will be. Some people won't have him anywhere near. I went Jalen Mills, and I went Jalen Mills because I think he's going to start at safety. Um, I know they drafted. Um, oh, who did they draft? I've totally forgotten
2: his name. Keyvan right. Wallace, but yeah, they, they, were, Wallace, Bill, they signed Mills. Is sorry, Mills. Is, yeah, Mills. Is and sorry. they don't, don't even don't even set up for a debate. Jim Schwartz yeah. is not benching Jalen Mills. No, so, so I think long,
3: long, so I think Mills will get the first track, and I think if he doesn't succeed, and I think he could get benched, and I think they could rotate players around who they're going to face. But I also think Mills takes on a big leadership role this year because I think Jenkins was a big character. And I think Mills is a big, big personality in that locker room. You saw him in his rookie year giving speeches before the game would begin and sort of huddling the whole defense around in his rookie year um, as a six or seven round pick whenever he was. So I think Mills has got an important leadership role to play this year. I think he'll start. And I basically think he's there because Jenkins is a hell of a player to replace. As far as losses go, Jenkins is the biggest loss on that team. And I think if Mills can do a decent job replacing him, it would be huge for the Eagles, huge for them, because Jenkins has been a massive player for them recently. Um, so I had Jalen Mills there. Jake Elliott would have been my 21. And I said earlier on, just so people can uh, hear, the players I wasn't sure about, the ones that I kept changing my mind on this pick, I had Maddox and I had Malik Jackson. Sort of just below. I had like a crowd here. Once I got past eighteen, I had Sweat, Mills, Maddox, Elliot, and Malik Jackson all sort of there, there, and there, thereabouts. I went for Sweat and Mills. Make, so there we go. If
2: I had to say my three honorable mentions would probably be Jalen Mills. I think I would put Jalen Mills in there because I think you're right. Yeah. If if they're projecting him to replace Malcolm Jenkins' role, like I'm assuming they are, I think Jim Schwartz will give him every chance to. But I also think. Yes. Like you've said on past episodes and brought it up, there might be matchups where they decide to just say, hey, move Jalen outside because he does good w- against that wide receiver. Like he's fared well against, uh, uh, I can't even think about anybody in the NFCs he's fared well against right now, but he's fared well against the bigger wide receivers. So go ahead and throw him out there against, like, well, they go into Pittsburgh this year. So let's just use Chase Claypool as an example. And they say, Jalen, go out there and guard him. Like I think that's a possibility as well. So that's important. And especially being a box 18 or replacing Jenkins' role, that's also important. So, uh Jill Mills is an honorable mention. Nate Suffolk is my honorable mention, too. Because, what now, Nate Suffolk is the honorable mention, the person, because he's the quarterback, too. But if they were to go ahead and sign Josh McCown or get another quarterback, too, and dump Suffolk to the side, that's the person I would also pick for my honorable mention. Because whoever's going to be that quarterback, too, I think has to make this list. And unfortunately, it's because Carson Wentz's durability issues. I feel like when everything finally goes right for the Eagles, when they're finally in a position to make some noise, they always have that one injury that just derails it. And two times Carson Wentz has been that injury. So I don't, they need to, I don't know, anybody wants to say Jalen Hurts, but like we said when we had Mike on that, Mike K in the episode, like you and I have repeatedly said, no way whatsoever. Jalen Hurts sees the football field as the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2020. It will not happen. They will not put him in that position, especially given everything that's going on. Yeah, no way. So quarterback two is an important role for me. I had to throw that in there as I already mentioned. And then you just took my last guy, Malik Jackson. It would have been my, my next guy because the third – defense, like I said, we're, we're, we're waiting for – we're hoping Josh what's at their defensive end since they haven't really answered that question yet. If it's not, if he doesn't live up those expectations and they don't address anybody, they need somebody else to step up. They need a pass rusher to step up along that defensive line. And your next up candidate that you would probably look out and say this could be the guy is probably Malik Jackson. So, yes, I regret it. he's also an honorable mention.
3: Right. Perfect. I think we'll leave it there after over an hour, a long episode. wasn't expecting this uh... – this process to take so long. I think if we do the same next year, we could go one to five and then six to 10. I mean, we spent ages
2: debating. Okay, there's a four part episode. next nice But, um, all right guys, just to wrap this all, well, I'll let you go ahead.
3: Oh uh, yeah. I was going to say, so last thing, uh, I'm really interested to see what other people say. So when this episode goes out, we'll obviously tweet. we'll tweet our top 20. Um, I'm really interested because maybe we're looking at, maybe we're looking at it very similarly because even though we're not influenced, we didn't talk to each other. We do speak to each other a lot about football, obviously on the pod and out and, uh Outside of the pod. So maybe we've just been influenced too much. We've sort of uh, maybe but our I,
2: I don't know. I'm confident in my list.
3: I'm Making confident. me think the more I think about it, actually that to be honest, it sort of sums up, but this Eagles roster is very I won't say top heavy, but you can make you can see very clear tiers. They've got their very, very elite players, you've got your sort of average, above average starters. And it's gonna be really interesting when you look at that list, because NFL roster are obviously big and we've only got twenty players there, and to be honest, I'm sort of stretching to find 20. Uh, I could quite easily stop the list after sweat at 19 and left off Mills. So I think it shows that some of these depth guys are going to have to have big years because I'm sure even, if we done like something like, new or, sorry, it's really quickly, If we done something like, and I'm obviously not a Saints fan, but if I was to look at Saints top 20, I reckon there might be some better players that don't make the list. I think the Eagles depth right. is Good, but it's not outstanding. They're not the best roster in the NFC. So, those players, some of them are going to have to step up. I mean, the fact I've got a rookie at 15, I've got Barnett at 14, I've got Gary at 17, like, there's not, they're not studs. Like, there's some average players there. And as you've said, not everyone is a stud on every team. Don't get me wrong. I think the Eagles roster is good. Um, but I think some of these players, especially today in this episode uh, Gary, Dillard, Sweat, Roby Coleman, Rager, Barnett, they're going to have to have good years. For the eagles to
2: do what they want right, to do next dude. year, but so yeah, I mean, I'll leave it there even, for me. You could even throw Boston Scott on this list because I think his role is actually going to be a serviceable role. I think people will not twenty. I think people will too. I think that's you know, I, that's, what? You know what? I think that's actually a decent
3: shout. I didn't think about him as much because I'm so high on Sanders, but I would not have any complaints if someone stuck Boston Scott on the end either. You are not.
2: That's why I said that because I think if that's probably the main difference that people probably would have. Is Boston's because I can't see that many differences when you think of the, maybe Malik Jackson and Boston Scott would probably be it. But Johnny, let's let's end it. Uh we need you need to give your recap of your eleven twenty. I need to get my recap. Again, we're doing a giveaway for this one. Respond like we did with the last one. Respond to us. Either Johnny's at, my at, or Eagles ball all at. Why you who you think had the best eleven twenty? Why you think they had the best eleven to twenty? And we'll pick the best answer and you win an Eagles jersey. So Johnny, take it away. Give give a recap of your eleven to twenty, real quick. Yeah, and what we should
3: always do is before this episode's out, we'll tweet out the one to ten and put a poll up on Eagles Brawl. Get people to vote, and we'll do the same for eleven to twenty. Then maybe we'll do the overall thing as well. Why not? It's the off season. What else are people doing? So I had <laughs> uh, uh, Javon Hargrave at eleven, Roby Coleman at twelve, Derek Barnett at thirteen. Oh no, no, I didn't. Wait, no, I'm I'm lost. I think I'm reading yours. <laughs> I, I, typed your, I typed yours out on my screen so I could remember. And I'm saying, I did not have Roby Coleman at 12. All right, so let's ignore everything I just said. And I'll actually read out mine now. I had <laughs> I had Hargrave at 11, McLeod at 12, Sam Ali at 13, Barnett at 14, Jalen Rager at 15, uh, Roby Coleman at 16, Nate Gary at 17, Andre Dillard at 18, Josh Swett at 19, and Jalen Mills, uh, the Green Goblin himself, at 20.
2: All right, 11, I had Javon Hargrave as well. Number 12, I had Nicole Ruby Coleman. 13, I had Derek Barnett. 14, I had Andre Dillard. 15, I had Jake Elliott. 16, I had Dallas Goddard. 17, I had Isaac Samalu. 18, Nate Gary. 19, Jalen Rigger. And 20, Josh What. So, like we said, I the poll's a good idea. should We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Because I think the poll needs to be done. Because, again, I need my Riding in the Cloud IPAs from you.
3: We'll see. We'll see. See, I reckon Jake Elliott might swing it. I reckon it will be uh, – Jake Elliott might be the, the one decider. It, Jake I think, the Snake IPA. All right. I like you it. You might win it. You <laughs> might win it for you. We'll see.
2: All right. Thanks, you guys, again, for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. Again, we appreciate five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. You can ask us questions on there or Twitter that we may answer on the show. Again, we did our list 1 through 10 on Monday. This past Monday, now we're releasing 11 through 20. We'll announce the winners of the jerseys as well. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean, but what happens. That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers, to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox Fabric Sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean, but what happens. That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox Fabric Sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox.